Van fans, welcome to another episode of VFF's Van Life Podcast. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you had a nice Easter. I managed to only eat one Easter egg the whole of Easter, which is the biggest achievement of my life. I'm currently parked on top of a mahusive hill and it's really windy. The van is rocking back and forth, but it's not too bad. I am now a resident of Cornwall, I've moved to Cornwall, so I've been making the most of it, especially at the moment there's no tourists, so it's really special. So one of my favourite things about van life is how spontaneous it is. So for example, a few days ago I was lying in bed and I was feeling a bit bored and I was kind of like, oh my god. I checked the weather and I realised that the next day was going to be beautiful so I thought, I'm going to go on a trip tomorrow. And what I really like to do is I never really plan anything with the van. I just kind of go, right, I'm going to leave tomorrow morning and just go where I feel like. So that's what I did. I went on an amazing trip for the whole weekend. I'm recording this on Easter Monday, so we've just had this beautiful weather. Firstly, I drove to Bude and I met a friend there outdoors and we went swimming in the Bude sea pool. If you've never been to Bude, on the beach there is this massive concrete swimming pool and it's a tidal pool so when the tide comes in it puts a load of seawater in and when the tide goes out it's there and you can swim in it. The friend I met as well also has a camper van. I've just been really enjoying just like both of us having our vans and just like driving around especially as he has a wood burner in his van and after swimming getting into that van is like oh my goodness it's so nice and then I just had a look at the map and I saw a little point that I'd not been to before so I thought okay I'll go there it's kind of close to Polzeth beautiful driving it was um, a National Trust car park that I parked in the view was like right over the sea so I stayed there all day I went for a really amazing cliff walk. It was so beautiful. It was just so amazing to just do whatever I felt like in the moment. It's so great as well. Like when you've got a van and you've got like a really nice bed in the back, you just, you don't have to go anywhere. You just go back to the van and just plonk yourself down and just chill out. Like it's so good. And then I drove home to my house. You know, I've lived in this area like almost my whole life, but I've never taken this particular road. And it was one of the most beautiful drives I've ever done. It was B roads coming from Launceston towards the Tamar Valley. And it was absolutely breathtaking. It was so magic. And then after that, I met a friend again for a swim outside and we went to the forest. I'm just so happy right now. I've been to the beach, I've been to the forest and now I'm on this big massive hill which has got like a 360 degree view of Devon and Cornwall. So yeah, I've just had such a wonderful time. So we are coming to the last few episodes of this season of VFFs. If you have any 
opinions or suggestions, um, what you liked about the podcast, what you didn't like about the podcast, please do get in touch. So you can write to me at vffspodcast at gmail.com. That's vffspodcast at gmail.com. Any ideas, things that you'd like to hear for the future, that kind of thing. So we've got a couple more episodes and then I'm going to do like a best of and then after that there'll be a break and I'll be back in early September. So yeah, please do get in touch and let me know your opinion. So this week's guest is Georgie. After her living situation became less than ideal, Georgie decided to take the plunge and move full time into her tiny Daihatsu camper van. She finally found the freedom and space to breathe which led her to face some of her mental health demons. This started her on a beautiful journey towards self-acceptance, honesty, and the courage to share her struggles with others. She now runs How Do You Peel, an online community focused on empowering women to share their own stories and know that they are not alone. Georgie is such a warm-hearted and wonderful person she's so inspiring and it really was lovely to speak to her and i would highly recommend that you check out the how do you peel instagram if you just want to put a smile on your face because it is really lovely so without further ado here is the interview with georgie Georgie, welcome to VFFs. Thank you so much for coming on. I was so happy when you invited me to to do the podcast. Oh my goodness, of course. I mean, firstly, you basically had the same van as me. So of course, I'm going (laughs) to definitely want to talk to you about that. But no, it's an absolute pleasure. I'm so happy that you've come on and we're going to have a great chat. So let's start with a bit of van chat. So what is the make and model of your van? My van is a Daihatsu Extol 2005. It's pretty rare, actually. It's very tall and skinny. <laughs> um, well, not tall. You can't stand up in it. It's a micro van. But um, yeah, it's, it's great for me. Works, works well. The engines are under the seat. So the front of the van is... It just kind of stops at at the end of the windscreen and goes down, makes parking very easy. But yeah, that's my van. Yeah, so the Daihatsu Extol, that's really similar to some of the other little micro campers like the Suzuki Carry, which is what I had, and the the Hijet and the Piaggio Porter, I think it's called. And what's your setup? What have you got in the in the back there? So in the back of the van, I originally in the load area it had uh, just behind the seats it had a bit of an a steel a stainless kind of floor that was bolted in um, and you could place stuff underneath that but it was only I don't know maybe 15 centimeters worth of space so that was great space gained when I removed that and then so I've got two little benches with my battery leisure battery behind the seats and then I've got a sofa that pulls out with the, with slats onto a bed and a lovely uh, unit on the side that's got my K2 
kitchen in it and spice rack and a uh, pull out kitchen that I can use when it's raining outside I can cook inside and then when it's lovely and sunny I can pull the kitchen out the back of the van and cook outside which I love I've I've also got a really nice makeshift bookshelf that I made out of an old shoe rack <laughs> it looks a bit like a botch job but it's I love it the, it brings character and it's it's painted yellow so <laughs> it makes me happy when I when I put putting things on it and doing stuff so brilliant and um I'm just trying to remember have you do you have a sink in your van or yeah so I have a I basically did my water tank is it's just a five liter water tank that you just attach one of those little taps to the nozzle and when I just keep it stored in on its side and I take the bowl it's just a a lovely ceramic bowl from Ikea and I lift that put it underneath the the tap when I want to fill it up and I do it like that because I didn't want to I didn't really have enough space to do any kind of like a pump I would have maybe done a foot pump for my water but I didn't really need it to do that so that's how I do my sink and like any washing up I just fill up the the bowl that's got a little place for it to sit in on the on the countertop did you do the conversion yourself I did I did the whole conversion myself uh well my boyfriend helped me a lot because I broke my um maybe I don't know Two weeks into the conversion, I broke my elbow mountain biking. Oh, no. <laughs> so I did a lot of, uh, I ripped everything out. I really got stuck in and it was very much prepared for my boyfriend to help me. I just gave him the instructions. <laughs> I'd got all the wood already and everything for building units. And I said, cut here, cut there, put that together that way. It, he's perfect for him because he's a furniture installer by trade. He does that as, as his job. So um, I just kind of gave him those instructions and he took them very well and put my my design and everything to brought it to life for me (laughs) brilliant um yeah that sounds quite similar to my design journey as well I kind of designed my van and then told my boyfriend where to put everything basically um yeah so that sounds quite familiar have you ever done anything like that before or was it your first time building something like that I have been brought up as doing a lot of building and woodwork when I'm (laughs) there's a hilarious photo of me probably when I was I don't know four years old in my granddad's workshop naked but with jelly shoes on at the at the sanding belt like building something (laughs) (laughs) with woodwork so I've been doing doing a lot of that myself and for quite a long time and I did industrial design at university so I was always working in workshops and things like that but I've never converted a a van I did convert a space on a boat because I grew up living on a boat I converted my bedroom into a whole I redid the whole thing myself and rebuilt that so that was my kind of first introduction into tiny space design I guess wow that sounds amazing so what's industrial design what sort of thing do you learn when you do that degree it is it's product design essentially but you're doing the functionality the aesthetic of it at my at my university there was a 
Bachelor of Arts, which was the industrial design side, which was the aesthetics, the function of the product, the, the way that the user would interact with it, um, that, that sort of, that side of things. And then the Bachelor of Science, which they called product design, which more people would know of industrial design, you would normally probably call it product design. That side of things was like the internal workings of it. So the the electronics and the mechanics of the product. So I did the more like making it look beautiful and making sure that people like to use it side of things. <laughs> wow, that sounds like um some really good like transferable skills for designing a van especially one as small as your van so you actually moved into your van full time in may 2019 so what was it like for you to transition into living into such a small space how did it compare with living in your previous I think you were in a shared house before that that weren't you yeah I was in a six person shared house in uh, living in Plymouth and I, I originally moved into that house everything was amazing I had a great um, housemates uh, and then pretty much all my housemates who I made great friends with all moved out and then a bunch of random people moved in and it wasn't so great after that so living in that house was becoming really really difficult for me and because I've lived on a boat in small space like I, I lived on a on a sailing boat with both my mum and dad in quite a small space obviously not as small as a micro van but I've also been on long 50-day canoe trips camping in a tent with six other people so you're like really tight up against each other when you're sleeping. So I'm very used to that kind of small space, but living outdoors environment. And I got my van built and converted and luckily my boyfriend was able to help me with my broken elbow, really get it done quickly. I did it as quickly as possible so I could move out of my house because I was, my living situation just was really terrible for my mental health. And as soon as I moved into my van, I just, even though it's, it was it's such a small space, I just had this sense of freedom and it was just incredible to do that. And be able to camp and be wild camping and have my gym membership and go to work in the morning have a shower at the gym before work and it just worked out really well and actually in Plymouth because my job I worked right in in Plymouth it's so easy to get from some beautiful places on Dartmoor to Plymouth in half an hour just a really short drive so it was amazing for me. This van is really small I, I find it absolutely incredible that you have been full-time in this tiny little van I'll put some pictures up on the Instagram, I'm sure, so people can see how small is Sunny is the name of your van. <laughs> how small Sunny is. You spent your first summer on Dartmoor. So, what was that like, and what have been the highlights for you um, so far in your journey living in in Sunny? Being on Dartmoor was absolutely beautiful and amazing. I definitely found some spots that were my go-to spots but a few times I would get a bit panicked oh no I can't go there again I don't want people to remember me and because Sunny is like actually quite unusual because Sunny is just a, a skinny small van that the previous owner painted 
a matte army green color so <laughs> he really does stand out um so it is a bit memorable in terms of oh yeah that van was here last night for sure so I did want to try and make myself discreet that was definitely something that I struggled with a bit in terms of my highlights I absolutely just love being out in nature and being able to park my van just go for a beautiful walk up the tours I love walking up sheep's tour it's one of my favorites and doing yoga on the top of the on the top of the tour in the sun it, it honestly there's just something maybe it sounds a bit all spiritual I don't know but that really just helps me makes me feel grounded and that really was just I think the best thing for me and I actually one of my favorite times was my friend came with his girlfriend they they had a just a standard I don't know SUV style car and he built a bed basically using ply that folded over the when you put the back seats down you can turn the whole back of the car into like a double bed and they came and joined me for a weekend and we had the most wonderful time exploring Dartmoor and um, I think that that definitely was a really great highlight of mine just just being able to share that with other people as well yeah oh my goodness it you know when I ask people about their highlights it pretty much is always just like spending time with good friends and just enjoying the simple things in life I think it really doesn't get much better than that especially if the sun's shining so what were the biggest challenges for you living in the van and how did you deal with them definitely my biggest challenge was at the beginning for sure when I first started like living in my van full time I really struggled with getting panicked about people noticing that I was there parking in the same place a few times because I was working and having to go into work physically into Plymouth I couldn't go too far afield because I didn't want to have to drive do a long drive commute in the morning so there were I was kind of limited to a radius of uh, of an area of where I would go and so I think that did panic me but I was also having the reason I moved out of my house in the first place it was because of my mental health because I was struggling so much and I thought kind of that moving into the van would be this fix this amazing quick fix and it really did help give me that freedom and not feel scared of the people I was living with which is a horrible thing to that somebody would be in that position but it also then led me to being in the van but still having quite severe mental health problems living with depression and anxiety and my anxiety was really heightened I think that probably was quite difficult for me because it was just me in the van and in a small space and a few times I had lots of people are very well-meaning and I did have I don't know this this probably was just me being anxious but men come up to me ask me a lot of very detailed questions about where I would be staying and different things like that and that would really um, panic me and make me quite scared because 
it's just me in quite a small micro van it's yeah I don't know that that definitely made me quite nervous now I'm much 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 more confident staying anywhere or wherever I park and park up I'm much more confident but then it was really really difficult and also because I'm a lot further along with my mental health sorry has improved much more since I first started living in the van so those different things aspects have definitely changed another thing that I definitely think was a challenge for me was parking in winter I really struggled in the winter time being in the dark so dark after work and getting in the van and yeah I could go running with my or go for a walk with my headlamp on or something but when it's tipping it down with rain it and it's really really dark it because you're in such a small because of being in such a small van I don't want to then get back in my van and make everything soaking wet so I think that definitely was a bit of challenge <laughs> oh my goodness absolutely I know with uh my experiences of winter nights in the van they just feel like they're never gonna end it's like the light goes and then you're like oh my god there's hours and hours of this darkness until it's morning and that can be really difficult I think to fill that time um and you've had two winters in your van one of which was like a pandemic winter so that must have been really difficult so what did you do on those long dark rainy nights started a youtube channel that i originally just had it to uh, do my van show my van conversion and show the video of like the final product and and all of that and then I decided that I would do a little bit more work or not work but kind of filming myself and I occupied myself with that quite a lot <laughs> just kind of filming silly adventure van life vlogs I also I do a lot of reading <laughs> currently I'm reading Girl Woman Other which is a really great book recommend and I've got quite good internet connection so I I use that quite a lot and then also during those winters in in the winter of 2019 I was able to be in in and around my aunt and uncle's house in Winchester. That was lovely, spending lots of time with them and doing things with them in the evenings, which was lovely. And then this pandemic, I haven't been able to go into their house, but I would park in their driveway and um, my aunt would leave the back door unlocked so that I could go in and use the toilet at night and and actually really amazingly my my uncle would cook me dinner so it was it's was actually really quite a fun thing to do but yeah I think that's what I would <laughs> occupy myself with trying to see people as much as possible to prevent myself from having to be in the van in the dark <laughs> van life would be so much harder if you could not rely on loved ones just to give you a bit of a break every now and then do you think that that is an important part of your well-being routine like spending time with family and friends and things like that absolutely it is 
probably one of the most important things, parts of my well-being routine. Just spending that time to connect with people, whether it be over FaceTime or just having a call with somebody, going for a wonderful walk outside. It's just absolutely vital. And I think also having that time to, I would meditate on those evenings and do yoga and do those other different things as well. But having that time to communicate with people when you're often by yourself quite a lot is so, so important. I think in the van, for me, on darker evenings, I just call so many people. If I'm not able to go or and see anybody, I've just, I probably spend my whole evening talking to three different people on the phone. And mm-hmm. it's actually led to my relationships with people being a lot stronger because I have those, because I am by myself in the van and it's dark outside. I'm like, I know what, I'll, I'll call this person. And then we have a really great chat about, about all sorts of different things. And I think that's really grown my, my relationships with people. I just wanted to say something about what you were talking about before, about the anxiety levels in the van. Um, I can totally relate to that. Like, I have been really public about, like, my anxieties and, you know, I've cried down this microphone when I've been feeling really anxious about um, the van and everything. Um, And, yeah, I think it can be a real problem, like, in the van. Okay, so today I'm telling you guys about Fetcher Chocolates. Fetcher Chocolates is an independent, female-owned business that sells luxury, handmade, vegan chocolate. I've been eating vegan chocolate for years and nothing comes close to Fetcher Chocolates. It tastes amazing and it looks beautiful. It really is the perfect gift for special occasions and something that everyone can enjoy. It's dairy, gluten and soy free, so great for allergy sufferers, but also for anyone. I mean, this chocolate is so good, you don't have to be vegan to enjoy it. There are classic flavours such as milk chocolate mousse and golden salted caramel. I loved the blackberry mousse bar with homemade bramble jelly and real blackberries. I'm definitely going to be getting that one again. It smelt incredible and it tasted so good. When I received my order, I was really impressed with the beautiful presentation. The colours are brown and black with a really classy gold logo and the packaging can all be recycled as paper, so no plastic in sight. Fetcher also plants trees to offset the packaging, so it's an eco-friendly choice as well. When I want to buy a friend a beautiful, delicious gift, I just go to fetcherchocolates.com and I get them a gorgeous gift that they will love. Fetcher Chocolates are offering listeners of this podcast 10% off with promo code VFF. Enter promo code VFF at checkout to receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, that's 10% off. So go on, go to fetcherchocolates.com and get that chocolate in your life. You will not regret it. I found as you have by the sounds of it that like your confidence does grow like the more you do it but what I'm interested to ask you is that like you said that you had some struggles with your mental health um when did you realize that 
moving into the van wasn't going to be like the fix that you you thought it was going to be and that you might need to do some more work on like feeling more healthy so that's a really great question actually makes me think about it a bit more um as you said the anxieties of being in the van really do um they, they are really present for for a lot of people and I, I moved into the van and it was just this breath of fresh air at first and I think I was on a high for feeling really wonderful about it for probably a month or or so something like that and then I'd already really not been enjoying my job there was all of these different things that wasn't to necessarily fully to do with the van itself that made me anxious because I was already very anxious and I'd been dealing with anxiety since I was 14, 13 years old. So all of this accumulation of things really just kind of came on top of me and there was just this weight and I was having panic attacks in the bathroom at work. I was having panic attacks about trying to find, and this was probably getting much worse about a month or two months into living in the van. I was having panic attacks about thinking, oh my gosh, where am I going to go and stay tonight? Every day I would go and get, or every other day I would go and get some food to to cook and have dinner and make lunch for the next day and all that stuff. And I was finding that I wasn't eating because I was so panicked all the time. And it actually really clicked when I... I was so worried about letting people down, about letting my family down uh, because I, I got this great job working as a, an interior designer for boats. And I don't know, everybody's like, oh, that's so cool. It's amazing. But I, d- I didn't necessarily feel that and it didn't feel right. And so I just didn't want to let all these different people down. I didn't want to let my dad down. I didn't want to let my mum down after they'd helped me so much get to where I'd gotten to. And I felt like if I would leave my job, it was it would be a bit of a a fail. I would have failed, um, which isn't the case at all. If you're not happy in a job or you're not happy in your life situation, the best thing you can do is make a change with it and and actually do that and you'll find that things really do work out but the the time that I decided or I realized that I really needed to do something was I I was having a panic attack down the phone to my parents or I I actually couldn't breathe I wasn't saying anything I was (laughs) I was crying and I couldn't breathe and and my my dad just kind of took over and was like did breathing with me it's okay calm like take a deep breath and that was amazing and then he said to me you need to quit your job you need to focus on yourself this is not healthy for you and as much as you love being in the van you need to make some changes and if you're not going to change living in the van then there are other things that you need to change and so it was that 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 clicked and that was probably about two two and a half months into living in the van so actually quite quite soon after moving in that was just that really started a whole journey for me of going to therapy and quitting my job and 
moving closer to family members and things like that. Wow, go dad. That's amazing. He sounds amazing. It's quite interesting that it seemed to culminate when you when you moved into your van in a way because sometimes I think that like when you're in your van you can't get away from your you're you're totally faced with your thought processes and like how your mind works and you can't escape it. You're like literally I've said it before on this podcast you're in a box with your mind. So like if there's anything happening you've you can't ignore it like you can't you can't be distracted when you're in that space um and it sounds like you've gone on like a real journey since then so I'd like to talk to you about your journey with mental health and you've spoken like really frankly and honestly about your struggles you've got an amazing project called how do you peel which i will link to in the description for this episode so can you tell us a little bit about how do you peel and how it fits in with your journey that you've been on with your own uh, mental health absolutely so how do you peel kind of started as a a bit of an art therapy i do a lot of art and i just create and whilst i was hating my job i would in order to or panicking when I started to have panic attacks or feel the anxiety coming at work I would take anything I could draw on or write on and it would always mostly be drawing actually (laughs) but I would take post-it notes back of drawings that I was supposed to be handing in that I would then (laughs) have to have to keep and whatever and um, uh, just kind of brain flat onto the page of of how I was feeling and that really started to help me so from I was having these panic attacks anxiety attacks and they were they worsened so so much as I explained and that developed into depression which led me to daily panic attacks and also suicidal thoughts and basically locking myself away so I, I turned to art as an escape and as a way to journal and I drew what I was feeling when I was supposed to be working to help calm me down um, and any other chance I got and the drawings I just decided I wanted to share them with other people and so I created how do you peel on Instagram so art therapy is a great a great way to see how and express how you're feeling um, in a different way especially if I am definitely not very good with writing. I've got become much better now because how do you pee? I've created a, a blog and a community through it that where I different people um, with different experiences, uh, different women with different experiences write um, articles about their own experiences within the mental health sphere so it whether or not it's something that they've experienced personally or other people around them have experienced so it's a space and a community for people to share and talk about their their mental health journeys and know that they're not alone and that's the thing that I felt so strongly and I know that so many people think especially with those thoughts you can really feel alone with them and I think a lot of people experience that when struggling with mental health. Uh, The name came from a series that I I created 
originally it was an orange and it's essentially this an orange that's half peeled as a head of a of a body and it's just how do you peel and it's just I was being asked how are you feeling how are you doing how constantly and I it was overwhelming and so because I didn't understand I was so confused about how I was feeling personally I didn't understand my depression I didn't understand my thoughts my anxieties and so it, the question of how do you feel is is very overwhelming when it comes to to that kind of thought process so I decided to create this how do you peel series of art and that's where the name came from it was probably about I think I started therapy full-time in October the beginning of October 2019 it took me a while to really get to the space where I was getting that having therapy full-time and then in January at the end of January 2020 I I decided to start sharing my art uh, to help other people. And it was absolutely terrifying. I was so scared of sharing my art and putting myself out there and being vulnerable to people. I was so worried about what people thought. And over the past year, How Do You Peel has developed from a place to share art for others to know that they're not alone in their journeys to a safe and calm, welcoming community space where empowered, strong women share their stories, experiences and support with mental health through through the community blog. And also 10% of the proceeds of each piece of art that I sell through How Do You Peel goes towards Black Minds Matter, which help is a charity that helps to connect Black individuals and families with Black therapists for free, um, which I feel is something, it's an absolutely incredible uh, charity and they're doing great things. So I wanted to support them. That's brilliant. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend everyone go to How Do You Peel on Instagram and the website it's oh it just it it brightens up my day honestly I remember seeing you doing yoga on top of your van (laughs) and it was so brilliant the artwork is so lovely and really relatable and I love the style of it as well it reminds me of um I don't know if you know Keith Herring the artist have you ever seen his drawings oh that's so cool that's great that it reminds you of that he's so cool yeah totally like and I love him and like I saw yours and I was like oh this is amazing this is like that kind of style but like more feminine and more focusing on like female like real realistic female bodies and like mental health yeah it's so nice and bright and yeah it it really like shows your personality as well which which is really lovely amazing and um how are you feeling now after creating how do you peel how has that helped your mental health it has absolutely empowered me and made me feel confident within myself I've actually done this a March Meet the Makers challenge on Instagram on my How Do You Peel recently. And 
it gives you prompts for every day for something to to share and recently there was a one of the prompts was silver lining and it really made me think there is a silver lining to everything and setting up how do you peel was absolutely terrifying for me as I said like I was so scared to be vulnerable it it was about sharing my vulnerabilities so publicly and it really scared scared me to pieces but I continued and I pushed forward and I and I thought to myself I know I need to do this for other people because I I don't want other people to feel so alone or get to the point that I got in my with my mental health and with myself and in my depression and the silver lining of it all is that the fear and the overwhelm gave me the confidence to grow and create such an incredible community of women including you um to like share love support strength empowerment and and this kind of sense of of community and calm within each other that even though everything's bright and it's got this it, it just it just gives you that bit of energy hopefully that's definitely it's just really pushed me to to grow and create this this community and do these different ventures and and share more on on YouTube and create videos for people fan life fan videos and just to to share who I am and and know myself more which therapy has really helped me do it's just connected me to myself a lot more and realize what I can do to help other people obviously you've you've been doing therapy for over a year now and it sounds like you've connected quite a lot with yourself and your thoughts and everything so I remember seeing on your Instagram you created like a little really nice like colourful like a checklist what you do to kind of stay healthy so what's on your checklist for staying mentally healthy? The Yeah the, the daily checklist that um, I put recently was kind of a a holistic nutritional side of of keeping healthy as well so that was waking up in the morning having my invigorating lemon drink which is just a squeeze a whole lemon squeeze a lime and cayenne pepper um in and put hot water in it and drink that and it's actually so good it's really good for your kidneys the cayenne is also really good for your digestion but it's only a pinch of cayenne don't hurt yourself (laughs) then it's like doing at least 15 minutes of movement every day a really important thing for me to realize and it really changed my perspective on things I was speaking to uh, my naturopath and she said it's so important to not focus on exercise don't focus on oh I've got to exercise I've got to you know it it, sometimes it gives it a bit of a negative kind of connotation but all you need to do is at least 15 minutes of movement change that exercise word to movement you can go move by you're going on a bike ride you're going on a walk around the block if you're not in a van or you're going 
for a walk up the tour or something something like that and it's it's just that kind of simple then an energy routine which is it, <laughs> when you see me doing it I look a bit funny but it's just a 10 minutes of breathing and bringing in the energy around me and kind of putting out the the energy that I want to get back and also not forgetting to smile and celebrate doing something to celebrate every day whether or not that be a little dance to remind myself I am amazing or I just called that person and we had a great great conversation that's something to celebrate small things it doesn't have to be that you won the lottery you know (laughs) those were the four things on my daily checklist that I did on my how do you appeal page but other things that I do is yoga I do a lot of yoga um, meditation breathing and just being out in nature it's just so nature is invaluable yeah it is absolutely just getting that fresh air step outside and breathe in the fresh air and go for a walk even if it's raining (laughs) oh my goodness absolutely i think outdoor exercise has been proven to be one of the most invaluable things for people's mental health just getting outside in the fresh air and going for a walk is just can just really totally change your mood definitely it really really does I'll notice when I'm getting a bit low because it gets a bit foggy over my eyes and my head gets heavy and I I sometimes like come on just go outside and it will be better and it always it always makes me feel better I remember reading your something that you wrote recently which was like that you went for a workout that you didn't want to go on and you ended it by smiling and dancing in the sunshine and I just thought that is such a perfect relatable idea you know like you don't want to do it and then you do it and you feel really nice and you're like why didn't I want to do this yeah exactly cool cool so um just as an aside I also have a checklist that I have when I was traveling back from Bulgaria I knew I had to change my thought processes or I wasn't going to make it so I was like right you need a checklist so I'm just looking at my checklist I had to make it really simple or otherwise I wasn't gonna like and it's a bit it's a bit broad as well but that was best for me so the first one I've got is routine get up at the same time of day and all that kind of thing the second one says exercise which I'm now going to change to movement (laughs) after this conversation Oh, the third one is stay warm because when you're in the van, I think it's really important to stay warm and cosy. Sing. I've got to sing every day. That's on my list. I love singing. It's one of the most healthy things that I do for myself is singing. Healthy diet. This is quite a long list. The last one is keep in touch. So keep in touch with people, even if it's just a text if I can do all of those things in one day I just feel better and if I'm feeling a bit crap I can look at the list and go oh well you haven't done that one or that one for a few days so maybe you should and it's quite a good reference point just to have like on the wall that I can always see and kind of remember absolutely I love your list Uh, it's not too long it's just the perfect length and it I definitely having routine that is the biggest thing that I've learned 
that really helps me is having routine. So that is amazing. And and staying warm is a very, very good point. Um, because when you're in the van and it, it gets cold out, cold outside, it's cold inside too sometimes. So keeping yourself warm and not <laughs> shivering. I've got a lovely thick duvet that keeps me very warm. It has got my favorite thing on it sausage dogs (laughs) I have a bit of a sausage dog obsession um I just think they're so funny (laughs) anyway so yeah keeping yourself warm with things that and having things in your van around you that that do make you smile like uh, I've drawn little suns painted little suns around my my finger holes to open my sliding doors into my kitchen unit and that just makes me smile so much I've got uh, and like you do you've got your hearts around yours on my spice rack shout out hash, uh, hashtag Ikea <laughs> Ikea yeah. spice rack everybody's got one in their van <laughs> I've got a little thing that says today is yours and I and I can look at that and I know yeah today is mine I'm good Oh, I love that. That is so nice. Yeah, I think having those little cheerful things are so um, important. Like, I've got like a little postcard and it's like a little map of Dartmoor. I can't explain how good it makes me feel (laughs) just to look at it and just be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) I love Dartmoor and Dartmoor loves me and everything's going to be okay. I just wanted to ask you about a few things that you mentioned during this conversation. So firstly, that you grew up on a boat. And secondly, that you went on like an epic canoe trip. So I'd love to ask you about both of those things, if that's okay. Definitely. Originally, I did did live in a house. I grew up in London, but when I was about 14, my brother and sister left home and my mum, dad and I moved on to their sailing boat. And it's a 47 foot sailing boat and we lived in Surrey Keys right off the Thames just up the river from Greenwich and across the water from Canary Wharf so got some great views and it's just got this amazing being on the boat in London was like you were in this weird little nature reserve bubble because there are all these swans around you and mum and dad ended up sailing around the world on on the sailing boat or they're still they're doing it still they're doing it in parts but we then moved on to a barge in in the same dock. That was where I converted, did my first kind of room conversion of a small space, made my 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 space my own uh, with a Murphy bed right in the bow of the boat. It's a semicircle room, so that was a really interesting place to grow up. And the community in London as well. You don't really find that kind of community in London because everybody in in London that people don't know their neighbours in London so everybody would have barbecues and different boats would have like music evenings and it it was just a wonderful wonderful place to live and then uh, the reason that I did my 50-day canoe trip I've actually done I calculated it recently I've done 182 days of canoe trip in total in northern 
Ontario in Canada, Northern Ontario and Quebec. Uh, my dad's Canadians. I, I grew up doing was really privileged to be able to go to Canada so much and spend my summers there and started off with a 12 day canoe trip. We went when we were younger canoe tripping just as a family, but then I went uh, on a 12 day canoe trip that then increased to a 21 day canoe trip <laughs> and a second canoe. 21 day canoe trip and then I went on a 42 day canoe trip then 50 day canoe trip and then I ended up guiding canoe trips as well after that so it's a bit of an unusual thing to hear about but basically spend 50 days in the wilderness with yeah seven other people and three canoes a wooden box uh, that you carry with a leather strap on your forehead and it leans on your back and some backpacks with your tents and things in it and you've got one set of dry clothes for the evening when you're at your campsite and one set of wet clothes for the daytime when you're when you're traveling or when you're traveling from one place to the next canoeing through beautiful lakes and things like that so yeah that's my <laughs> it's my canoe tripping adventure oh my god I am so jealous. That just sounds so cool. Oh my God. So I guess you saw a lot of wildlife. So what was the coolest thing you saw? My coolest, actually, and scariest thing. Two two animals. One that you would think is very calm and docile, a moose. Let me just give you some (laughs) myths. Take that away from you. Be careful of moose. They are blind as can be and they actually can't see very well. (laughs) So if you're in a lake, you, you see a moose nearby, don't go near it because they will just think that your canoe is a piece of land and they'll try and get out of the water on your canoe and then they'll basically probably just sink the boat and drown you with panic. They're massive animals and also mama moose. You do not want to go near a mama moose or if there's a baby moose, don't go near it because the mama moose will charge at you because they obviously want to protect their babies. And then bears, a lot of different bears, actually some very small bears that were like three feet tall. But that's fully grown in this area called Kalani in northern Ontario. Those bears are they look nice and cute, but they're, they're little rascals and they will come and eat and scratch and all sorts. So they are still dangerous. And then actually one time paddling down a river, I was in the bow of the boat, which is the front of the boat. We just kind of pulled up on the side of the riverbank because we were waiting for uh, the other two boats that were behind us. And as we pulled up, there was this massive bear she was as scared as we were and she broke down a tree like a whole tree fell down as she ran away to like get away from us because she was obviously taken by surprise I think that was pretty pretty intense and we've I've had bears run through the campsite and actually all the way through a tent before grabbing food to try and run away with it and stuff so blimey oh my goodness it actually broke a tree when it was running (laughs) at least it was running in the opposite direction (laughs) so your parents are sailing around the world yes 
they are obviously this pandemic has stopped them from going anywhere for a while because the boat's in Brazil so they haven't been able to be on the boat and sail they started off from London they left London did the south coast of of England and then they went to into the Baltic Sea to Russia and then Sweden Finland Norway up into the Arctic Circle in Norway um, back down to Scotland down to Ireland and I crossed the channel with them to France and then they spent a couple of years in the Med and December 2019 they sailed across the Atlantic to Brazil and now the boat's in Brazil oh my goodness Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, I mean, I could talk to you all night, but then I would spend the next year editing. So um, I guess we should wrap it up soon. So um, if anyone would like to find out more about How Do You Peel and um, see some of your amazing artwork, um, where can they find you? On Instagram, it's at How Do You Peel. I also have a website, www howdoyoupeel.co.uk where I've got a shop and that's where you can find the community blog uh, with incredible empowering women who have shared their stories with their mental health journeys and I do have some very exciting things to come a product I won't (laughs) give too much away but something to help you relax with my artwork on it so that is something exciting so keep your eyes peeled for that (laughs) um (laughs) and yeah I also have a Facebook and it's it's also how do you peel on there as well so I share a few different things to do with van life and mental health on YouTube uh which is Georgina Fleur 12. There's a really really nice uh video which will show you the Daihatsu Sunny and you've got to see it honestly i would say when it comes to micro campers you cannot beat that style i loved mine and so the the double sliding door the back door that hangs up so you can use it as like a sheltered kitchen it's honestly check out if you're interested in micro campers check out the that style of van i'll put it all in the description anyway well it's been such a pleasure to chat with you and um hear your lovely voice after god like two nearly two years it was can't believe that that we originally met so um thank you so much for coming on it's been a real pleasure to chat with you today i've had such a wonderful time thank you so much for having me and i've really enjoyed talking with you absolutely oh thank you well anytime you're you're more than welcome thank you bye bye And now it's time for this week's bonus feature, Top 5 UK Van Life Destinations. Hope you enjoy it. Hi guys, so here is your guide to the Top 5 UK Van Life Destinations. Let's go! Snowdonia National Park, Northwest Wales. Natural beauty abounds in Snowdonia with mountains, rivers, lakes and coast all in one place. Hiking fans unite! 
Snowdonia is the place for you with miles of trails for all abilities. Fancy a challenge? Take a stroll up Mount Snowdon, the highest point in Wales, at an elevation of 3,560 feet above sea level and the highest point in the British Isles outside the Scottish Highlands. A mecca for climbers, even Sir Edmund Hillary and his team trained here before conquering Mount Everest. Make sure you bring your brolly as Snowdonia is one of the wettest places in the UK. The absolutely stunning Crib Gok is the wettest spot with an average rainfall of 176 inches of rain a year. North Coast 500 Scotland the NC500 is a 516-mile scenic route around the north coast of Scotland, starting and ending at Inverness Castle. Named in 2015 as one of the top five coastal routes in the world by Now Travel magazine, it's been described as Scotland's Route 66 and is full of breathtaking coastal scenery. The NC500 is at the top of every van lifers list, with thousands of motorhomes driving the route every year. The NC500 is also a great challenge for endurance cyclists, with the current record held by Mark Beaumont, completing it in 37 hours and 58 minutes. Give yourself at least five to seven days to complete this route, and remember, drive safely. Since the NC500 was officially opened, there have been many instances of dangerous driving and traffic problems. Cornwall, South England. Fancy a pasty? Well, you've come to the right place. Sunsets over the sea, miles of clifftop walks, water sports, beaches to die for and campervan culture make Cornwall a place not to miss. Recognised as one of the Celtic nations and even with their own language, Cornish people are laid back and will get round to things on Cornish time or directly. Get your surfboard and head for the north coast for some of the best surf spots in the country or you can reach the southernmost point of the UK here at Lizard Point, not Land's End, and it will be worth the drive. Beautiful blue ocean and, if you're lucky, the warmest weather in the UK are waiting for you in Curnow. Outer Hebrides, Scotland. If you can't afford the Caribbean this year, don't worry. Crystal clear waters and white sand beaches are waiting for you in the Outer Hebrides. Also known as the Western Isles, the Outer Hebrides are an island chain off the west coast of mainland Scotland and can be reached by ferry in under two hours. If island hopping's your thing, take a boat to St Kilda, the Flannans and Mingalay. Here you can observe spectacular bird life and marine life. Brush up on your Scottish Gaelic and check out some of the traditional music and culture at a variety of festivals to get the full Hebridean experience. Anyone that has been to this magical place will tell you it's heaven. So what are you waiting for? Get on a ferry. The Lake District, Cumbria. A UNESCO World Heritage Site located in Cumbria, England, the Lake District is one not to miss. Walking, biking, boating and climbing are the top activities here and also it's a great place for stargazing. The Lake District is one of the darkest places in the UK, so bring your telescope. Lake District highlights include Scaffold Pike, the highest mountain in England, and Wastwater and Windermere, the deepest and largest natural lakes in England, respectively. Surrounded by stunning mountain scenery, Oldswater is a popular starting point for walkers and climbers. Again, make sure you bring your brolly as rain is a common feature of the Lake District. 
Don't forget guys, leave every place you stay better than you found it. Drive safely, but most of all, have fun. Thanks for listening to VFF's Van Life Podcast. If you want to write to me, it's vffspodcast at gmail.com. See you in a couple of weeks.